Hello and welcome to another episode of the Frog Pod Podcast. I'm your host, Austin Flanagan. No Alan Taylor today. Mr. Taylor, as I record this, is en route to Fort Worth. Uh, he's also been quite busy with his new job out in Dallas. So, Mr. Taylor, we miss you and we hope to see you soon on an episode. But today we're talking about media days, everybody. It's over now. Uh, Coach Sonny Dykes spoke yesterday, July 12th. It ended today, July 13th. And we got a lot from media days. We really did in terms of the conference going forward, we're obviously going to talk about the TCU Horn Frogs. I'm also going to talk about another team in the conference whose coach made a very outlandish statement that I would like to go on record to talk about because of how outlandish it was. But for those of you who don't follow Media Days quite as closely, and to me as someone who's trying to work in sports media who has been following this sport at such an extensive level for so long, Media Days is the opportunity for you to get any questions you want answered. It's the first time of the season where you kind of figure out the mentality of a team going into a season. And yes, for some coaches, it's the same kind of rough jargon every single year. You know, you point out, you know, oh, we're coming back with a great group of guys and I like what we have here, yada, yada, yada. But every year it gives, it's a reason to be optimistic and it's a way to, you know, find some quotes that can really go out there and be talked about. Uh, the most notable one being Mike Gundy talking about, kind of going on a rant about the departure of Oklahoma and blaming them, uh, which they deserve to be blamed for, for the end of the Bedlam series. So we'll, I'll talk about that one later, but in essence, you know, this is such a great tradition in college sports. You know, we don't really have this anywhere else. Big 12 Media Days takes place in Arlington, Texas at AT&T Stadium. I had the privilege of going last year, was not able to make it this year. It is truthfully one of, if not the coolest, most underrated aspects of collegiate athletics that people really don't truly, I believe, fully hone into. If you did not watch Big 12 Media Days, SEC Media Days, I believe, is next week. Big 10 Media Days is the following week. And the one that I'm really looking forward to is Pac-12 Media Days because... Last year, their commissioner said they would have a media deal, and it's been over a year since then, and they still have no media deal because I don't believe there's one that keeps them as a competitive conference financially. So that's a whole other bag of worms that if we have time, I'll get into. Uh, but you know, this is going to be a solo pod uh, for the day, and it's going to be my own personal discussions. I have some takes from Mr. Taylor and a good buddy of mine, Mr. Cage Streffens, that I'll talk about during this podcast, but today it's going to be a solo one. Uh, before I dive in, also, we're going to try to have some interviews before the season starts, uh, some reporters to give an outside look at TCU, try to have some coaches and players on uh, as best we can, you know, with Alan's schedule, my schedule, and obviously the players and coaches and reporters' schedules, it's kind of harder to collaborate, but we'll do our best to give you guys the best content possible, and I apologize uh, for the last month not being as active, but in the last month, we've seen TCU doing very well on the recruiting. We will talk about that in our season preview a little bit later on in the month. We've seen them have a great run at Omaha, which we'll talk about as well later on in the month. So thank you guys so much for sticking with us here at the Frog Pod Podcast. We really do appreciate it. The first thing I want to talk about in this episode is really what the commissioner said. Every conference media day start off, no matter if it's Big 12 SEC or Conference USA, whack, whatever. The commissioner speaks because this is a time that commissioner can go up and answer any questions about 
the conference itself. And as these conferences sign larger and larger TV deals and become more and more valuable, the commissioner becomes more and more important of a role. In the Big 12, ours is Brett Yormark. This is really his, he's still in his first year, but his second Big 12 media days. Last year, he made the comment that the Big 12 is open for business, and it was a, a really strong point that captured the uh, attention of not only Big 12 fans, but fans around the country, uh, if you follow college football that closely, because for a long time, the Big 12 was thought to be in trouble, and f- for a long time, it was kind of in trouble because of you know the fact that the Big 12 was never really aggressive, per se. It was always kind of reactive. It was never the one that was forcing the commotion. It was just the one that responding to it. So but Brett Yormark uh, is all about, he said in his address, he was like, he's going to make peaceful disturbances in college sports. You know, he's going to go around and, you know, do what's best for the conference. And, you know, he he's, has a plan. He has a great plan in mind. Uh, if, if you connected with our Instagram or Twitter, you've seen this already, and he had some bullet points in his opening address. Since he last year said that the Big 12 was open for business, the Big 12 has had TV agreements with ESPN and Fox through 2031. So Big 12 got a media deal signed for the next eight seasons. Pac-12 still does not have one. He accelerated the Texas and OU withdrawal, which he said was beneficial to both parties. Texas and OU get to go to the SEC a year earlier, and the Big 12 schools that were not including the new four will be getting paid their exit fee. So that also raises the total revenue uh, for each school. They complete a staff and organizational organizational redesign. Uh, if you haven't noticed, the Big 12 now it has black and white. They've announced that they're going to have a complete brand revive uh, being announced next year. This will be the last time you see the Big 12 logo as it is. I do not know what that will look like or the color scheme, but expect that. Uh, around next week, next year, excuse me, they formed a business advisory board, which has a lot of C-level executives from a, from a lot of great, great companies, Fortune 500 companies, uh, different NBA, NFL, pro sports teams. That advisory board is going to be huge for the growth of the Big 12. They've announced Big 12 Pro Day alongside the NFL, which will be a regular pro day uh, that you see at schools only for Big 12 athletes. They've hosted their first ever business summit. They launched, launched Big 12 Mexico, which me and Alan Taylor will talk about at, at a later date. Basically, the Big 12 is planning on having games, for both basketball and football in Mexico City, try to tap into that uh, Spanish market. They will also be having uh, different broadcasts in the Spanish language on ESPN Deportes and radio. I saw one account, the 10 pod, the 10, 12 pod, uh, I believe it is the name of the podcast. Excuse me if it is wrong. They said that every school basically should look into having a Spanish feed for their games in preparation for this. I believe that now that the schools will be making more money than they do now, they should invest in that and tapping into the Spanish community to grow the audience for these schools. They brought in a commercial business in-house. They brought commercial business in-house, so now they have complete control uh, of their commercial business opposed to it being outsourced in the past. Championship enhancements through entertainment for the Big 12 championship in uh, basketball championship. Shaq performed at the Power and Lights District. They had Jordan Sparks in the national anthem, and they also announced that they will be doing a Big 12 halftime show this year. You know, there's people who say that that's unnecessary. I think that this brings in an audience that you 
weren't already going to have. We don't know who is going to be that halftime show, but if you get any, you know, high enough level artist, then I think it's really going to be something that can cultivate fans because it's like, hypothetically speaking, let's say they pick a Luke Combs to do the halftime show. So you have already the Big 12 championship game. There will be a couple thousand, tens of thousands of people who watch the second quarter waiting for Luke Combs to come on. Or you just have people who tune in right there and you see that they're at AT&T Stadium. They might be inclined to continue their watch at the beginning of the third quarter. And maybe if it's a good game, which the Big 12 championship game has been for the last, I mean, really ever. It's never really been a bad Big 12 championship game. Then they're going to, you know, get an extra couple tens of thousands, potentially even hundred thousands of eyeballs on this event. They've gained nearly 100,000 new social followers, which is the second most on Twitter and Instagram of any followers of any conference. The only conference that has more social media followers is the SEC, which when you really think about it, the Big Ten, as big of a conference as that is, just appeared numbers-wise and just the population of the states they reside in, that is a huge, huge thing to be so big in social media. He said he's going to tap into Gen Z, which I really liked because the future of college sports is going to be very different than what we see now. And if you get Gen Z involved, they've shown uh, that they are going to be driving engagement, which is huge for ad revenue uh, and and different sources of streaming and uh, revenue distribution in that regard. There's also going to be an event at Rucker Park next week, the historic Rucker Park in New York, uh, that's going to be having coaches uh, from both men's and women's teams they're giving clinics and camps. That's going to be huge for the Big 12, expanding their footprint in the Northeast, especially with basketball. Big 12 is already the best basketball conference, and the Northeast is a great pool for talent and getting the coaches out there to see, not, not trying to necessarily be recruiting-wise, but just to have that presence in the Northeast. And they've also connected with leaders on Capitol Hill in terms of NIL and, you know, because the way college football is go excuse me, not college football, college sports are going, it's becoming such a integral part of the American experience. You know, if you're a foreigner, you come over here, college sports is really one of the things that is so unique to this country and where it's going right now when it comes to NIL and everything like that really makes this something that you got to get under control. So with the connection in Capitol Hill and with our federal government, this is something that hopefully the Big 12 can have a voice in, in terms of controlling the future that way it is enjoyable for everyone and it is as least corrupt as it can possibly be i know people say corruption and college sports can go hand in hand but also at the same time you got to realize that this is an entity this is a structure in our society that impacts a lot of people and has a lot of money going through it so you know the federal government having those connections on capitol hill will definitely be great for the conference so that's my kind of just talk about what commissioner yarnwright did listen i've Sent this out to a lot of people, both TCU fans, non-TCU fans, Big 12 fans, non-Big 12 fans. Brett Yormark has done an amazing job in his first year. It's been every coach praised him and how he's handled this. Uh, you know, even Steve Sarkeesian and Brett Venables, two coaches that this is their last media days with Brett Yormark, has said that the conference is in good hands with him, that he's a great leader, that what he does and how he thinks might not be the most receptive to some people, but you have to respect it. Um, you know, so it's going to be, I think the conference is truly in great hands. And he admit, he admitted himself, he's not trying to compete with the Big Ten, the SEC. He's trying to make the Big 12 the best conference possible. And every conference has different identities. And, you know, with realignment coming up, me and Mr. Taylor were getting that in 
later talks, uh, you know, you got, you got to position yourself in a way that makes you the most attractive to the most schools because, you know, growing up, conferences is such a unique thing. And when you actually get to be a part of a conference, when you decide what school you go to, you say, oh, I'm going to SEC school, I'm going to a Big Ten school, then that really, you know, puts a tag on the type of experience you're going to have. So he's at the forefront of growing the Big 12 obviously athletically first, but he also is not going to forget about the academic impact that everything that he's planning on doing can have. So that's my remarks on Brett Yormark. Whew, that was a lot. Let me take a little sip right here. Mm. But, you know, the main takeaway, the thing that everyone was looking forward to at Media Days was what head coach Sonny Dykes was going to say. And, you know, Sonny Dykes is... A great coach, I think, to have for obvious reasons to go to a national championship. But just in terms of how transparent he could be, you know, for so long, TCU fans were used to Gary Patterson, how he kind of handled the media, which was a completely fair way of doing it. But Sonny Dykes is so transparent and he's so honest with you. He's not going to hide anything. He's going to tell you straight up. And the thing that I think a lot of fans took away was he thinks the defense is going to take a big step up, a big step up, which is huge because at times last year, People were like, the defense is holding us back. The three-three-five is a very, very tough defense to learn and to execute at a high level. And TCU, we saw at times, execute that defense at a high level. And ladies and gentlemen, I, we're going to talk about a lot more our season preview here in the coming weeks. This is a defense that I think could be truly, truly... Uh, you know, one of the better defenses we've seen recently from TCU. I know at the end of the Gary Patterson era, we kind of saw the defense tail off. And, you know, there were some games where, like, this is not the TCU defense we were used to. This is going to be one of the better defenses TCU has seen in the, in the better part of the last five to seven years. I truly believe that because with what we have returning, the guys that can be impact players, the extra year of being in the system, the transfers that we brought in, you know, it's going to be a year where if the right things happen and people stay healthy, this is going to be a TCU defense that's going to be able to perform at a very, very high level. It, it, you know, it, it's going to be a great season. Coach Dykes said it great. Yeah, they lost a lot, but he's still very excited. And another thing here that the main quote I sent to a lot of people is that he said that TCU may be deeper at the skill positions than they were last year. He acknowledged the loss of Max Dullian. The acknowledge the loss of three wide receivers to the NFL draft. Steve Avila getting drafted in the sef- second round. But he brought up how we were bringing back both offensive tackles and Andrew Coker and Brandon Coleman. You know, you bring back Savion Williams. I don't want to get too deep into the depth chart, but you look at this offense, and boy, it could be something that's very, very scary. Kendall Bryles and what he did at Arkansas, you know, you really can't watch the Arkansas team from last year and say, oh, that's what TCU's going to look like because of, you know, KJ Jefferson is this big 6'5", 250-pound battering ram. Chandler Morris is probably the exact opposite of what KJ Jefferson was. But Kendall Bryles runs an offense at such an elite level that with the weapons that he has, this this skill positions we have, yes, will be deeper, but I also think they'll be more effective than they were last year. Even though you do lose Quentin Johnson, you do lose Kendra Miller, you do lose Max Duggan, you're going to be fine. Because, frankly, I'm about to rattle off some names right here. Frankly, when September 2nd comes in against Colorado, TCU on the offense side of the ball, from a pass game perspective, is going to have Jared Wiley, Savion Williams, 
Jack Bash, excuse me, Jake Bash, Cordell Russell, JoJo Earl, John Paul Richardson. I mean, they got some guys out there that can catch the football and make plays. Like, this is a team that I think that if it doesn't click right away, it's going to click eventually. It's going to click in a very, very scary way. So that was another highlight for me about Sonny Dykes when he said that this skill position is going to be even deeper. So that was a huge thing for me, just hearing them, because I, I had that opinion myself. When I when I really looked at it, when I saw these guys, I was like, I told Mr. Taylor, we're going to be some pretty dang good pass catchers. He's like, oh, yeah. And so th- it's it's true. I mean, this is going to be a team that, you know, you don't have to rely on one guy to make the deep play because there's multiple guys that make the deep play, and especially the inside slot. You got so many interchangeable pieces. You have, you know, the Darius Davis type and JoJo Earl at speed and the quickness. And you also have the bigger guys that can go outside, like that can go inside, like Bash, who can create those kind of mismatches. So it's going to be a very, very fun team to watch because there's going to be so many different ways they can score. The last thing I'll touch on is um, Joey McGuire made a statement today. And I I appreciate kind of what Joey McGuire is doing out there at Texas. I mean, I, he's authentic. I don't think it's a, a shtick at all. He said to that media days, I don't think we not only have the best... I, no, excuse me. I don't want to butcher this. I think that we not only have the best QB room in the Big 12, but the best QB room in the country. Like, come on, man. Like, it, it's... I, I really don't get it. I, I, I really, I need to ask someone outside of my sphere of people. Like, I understand the hype for tech, but it's tech. This is the same team with Patrick Mahomes that couldn't win more than seven games. I firmly believe that tech ceiling as a program is nine wins. That's the best case scenario. And you, like... I get one to route the fans, and I'm one that gave Joy McGuire a softball home run pitch last year at Big 12 Media Days. But don't go up there and say the best quarterback room in the country when your starting quarterback is Tyler Shaw. Like, don't do it. Like, come on. Uh, Tyler Shaw is QB3 at so many schools. I mean, he's QB4 at Ole Miss, and Ole Miss is not even going to come close to in the West this year. Like, you know, Morton, the other kid, like, he throws a nice ball, but, like,. It's so frustrating dealing with Tech. It really, really is. Because I do think they're going to be a good football team this year. I think that Joy McGuire overall is a good coach. But the hype that they're getting this year just does not make any sense to me. Like, let, let's quit acting like Texas Tech is going to pull a TCU because they're not. Like, first of all, they're getting hyped up to the point way more than TCU was last year. I mean, I think everyone's saying, oh, my dark horse this year is going to be Texas Tech. Okay, we get it. Like, it it really is frustrating, and I I spent way more time on this podcast talking about Joey McGuire and his statement than I need to. But I'm not gonna let him get away with saying that Texas Tech has the best quarterback room in the country. You don't have the best quarterback room in the Big Twelve. That, in my opinion, belongs to Texas. I don't believe that you have the best. Cor- with that being said, it doesn't mean you have the best quarterback room in your own state. And honestly, if we're being brutally honest, I don't think you have the best quarterback room outside of Austin either. Dare I say it? I mean, you'll have tech fans coming at me for that, but I'm taking Chandler Moore over Tyler Shaw and Josh Hoover versus Ben Morton or whatever the kid's name is. I think is a very, very close competition. I mean, so you know, you could say things to rile up your fan base. You can say that we're super excited about this. 
you know, but let's not go out here and say you're the best quarterback room in the country. There is no room in Lubbock, Texas that is even close to being top five in the country at anything. They're so far from that. So that's what that is. I mean, I'm just I'm just done dealing with Texas Tech and hearing all this stuff. And for all we know, that if you told me right now that Texas Tech went 9-3 this year and beat TCU, I'd be like, okay, that's I'm not saying it's impossible. You know, it, just because it hasn't happened doesn't mean it can't. But I really think that this Texas Tech thing is going to be like the usual UT team where like they get really hyped up. And I think that Tech honestly is going to keep have a great game versus Oregon in Lubbock. But I don't think they're going to do anything worth like. When you think of the Big 12 championship, do you really think of Texas Tech ever? No. So with that being said, Joe McGuire, thank you for the sound bit. Um, should have probably attached to that for that dramatic effect, but to each its own. That's all I'm going to say, though, about uh, the madman out in West Texas. All right, that's going to be just about it from the episode. You know, the main takeaway I wanted to get out here, everybody, was is that if you haven't already, go listen to Commissioner's Address, and he kind of articulates his ideas a lot better than I did, uh, for obvious reasons. It's uh, You can probably find it really anywhere on YouTube, so go Brett Yormark, Big 12 Address, Opening Remarks, whatever you want to type in there. Great listen. It kind of reminds me of when a huge company has one of those revealing-type conferences, invites everybody, and talks about what their business is going to take the next step, like when Apple unveils the next iPhone. It kind of reminds me of that, only for college sports. So go give it a listen. Uh, I drew it through the conferences in a great position with Brett Yorbart. Not every decision he makes, I think I will agree with, nor do I think everything that he's going to do will work long-term, but he's going to put out ideas. And he's going to do things that's going to grow the Big 12. And for the upcoming generation of kids, the kids you see running around the playground right now that you know, ride their bikes at T-ball. When those kids are applying for schools and thinking, where do I want to go to school? They're going to be like, oh, I want to go to a Big 12 school. I want to go to TCU, Baylor, you know, dare I say it, I don't know why I want to, Texas Tech, um, you know, UCF. They want to go to these schools because they know that when you go to a Big 12 school, you know, your footprint means something. You know, there's a certain attitude that Big 12 schools have that, that when it comes to the sports you know, the atmospheres across all the sports have a certain, you know, level to, to them. So that's my response on Brett Yormark. Also with Sonny Dykes and just, you know, this the things that he said this year uh, that gets that get you confident. Because honestly, the, I didn't really mention this as much. Talked about getting picked fifth even after last year. You know, that didn't bother him. He talked about how they don't ever look at any of the rankings. You know, they they don't bring it up. They don't talk about it and how they're just going to keep going and keep doing their job and how last year doesn't mean anything to this team. And, you know, honestly, I, I, if they would have – they easily could have said, oh, yeah, we hear about it, you know, it's, you know, motivation. They said, we sure just don't care. You guys could pick us to win the league. You could pick us last. It doesn't matter. We're still going to go to work and do everything the way that we wanted to do. So, Sonny Dykes and company, you know, you also listen to his as well uh, if you want – I believe his is also out there. Killer Frogs might have that. If not, uh, I'll try to find the link and post that on the Frog Pod socials. But another great interview by Sonny. A great address. Answered questions really, really well across the board and got me excited for this season. So uh, stay tuned with us here at the Frog Pod. Uh, I know this is not the usual episode with 
me and my awesome co-host, Mr. Alan Taylor. But we'll be back very soon in full force. We're going to you know, give you that end-of-the-season recap for TCU because this was one of the best seasons that TCU's ever had, uh, if not the best uh, across the board. We're going to talk about that, dissect that, where TCU go from the, uh, in the future. We're going to try to have some guests on here, and I can throw out some names. I don't want to get you guys hosts out of this case. We can't land them. But we're going to try to get some interviews in here. You know, football season's right around the corner, less than two months away. I'm not going to guarantee an episode next week. Uh, I'm going to be texting Mr. Taylor, hopefully get one up, uh, get some guests in here, and get things going. Because I think that this is going to be a really fun year for TCU as well. It's going to be hard to replicate last year, but um, now that TCU kind of across the board has shown that we're in everything school, everything's going to be just under more of a microscope now. So thank you for listening to Frog Pod. Always remember to like and subscribe to the Frog Pod. Follow us on socials, Frog Pod Podcast on Instagram. Me and Alan are both on Twitter. Uh, so with that being said, thank you all. Thank you for everyone a part of this production. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day. And remember to make every day your best day. And go Frogs.